Hello everyone, I'm Hutch Church. Welcome to the introduction of Navigating Today's Turbulence teaching series, pages one through six. It's about 20 minutes long or so. The series title is Contending for the Original Apostolic Faith. That would be the Pentecostal Torah-rooted, spirit-empowered faith, which comprises the divinely sanctioned beliefs and traditions of the early Nazarene disciples and followers of Messiah Yeshua, our divine Redeemer, from the tribe of Judah and of the house of David. As we proceed, keep in mind that this is an education ministry which will provide much instruction, lots of it, with exhortations and challenges as well. Thus, navigating today's turbulence will require the attentiveness of serious disciples of Messiah. Every podcast will give the listener much to process. Therefore, we encourage every person to evaluate what they hear and then decide for themselves what they believe. You will find that navigating today's turbulence ministry is actually relevant to everyone, in my opinion, whether we all realize it or not. For example, it will address real-life issues, such as, number one, where we Americans are at this time, spiritually, morally, and domestically. Number two, why are we assailed on all sides constantly with existential threats and difficulties? Number three, our country's two possible national destinies, one good, one bad. And number four, where we can go to recover and reinstate biblical Torah and spirit truth. By pursuing this direction, we can reclaim salvation faith for the saints with its godly traditions and biblical feasts and make progress in restoring our constitutional republic in the overflow. That is, if we are willing. The restoration of Torah-based truth will probably not occur within institutional westernized Christianity, and there are reasons for that which we will explore later. New wineskins will be needed for this prophetic-oriented task. This is my opinion. What do you think, realistically? Finally, our podcast teaching series will go through each of the 54 partial readings this year, week by week, and link them to our weekly prayer initiative. You do not want to miss this, my friend, since you are, I believe, a patriot, and even more, a kingdom of God-focused messianic reformer in service to King Yeshua. Page one, brethren, along with the Navigating Today's Turbulence and Torah and Glory School Education Ministry, we, you and I, are set in the kingdom for such a time as this. We have before us an honorable purpose. It is for saints, that's us, to humble themselves, pray, Seek the Almighty's face and turn from the wickedness that corrupts ourselves and our nation. America is bewitched, confused, errant, and subjected to revolutionary assault and needs divine restoration, starting with the body of Messiah. Pervasive anarchy, political corruption, abortion still, child abuse and drug trafficking, and many, many other unrighteous social conditions bear witness to our land's depleted morality, 
spiritual instability, and diminished strength of character, for starters. And, of course, this is not good. But our dysfunctional constitutional republic does not have to remain floundering under immoral wickedness and governmental malfeasance, which is the willful failure to honor constitutional law and order, i.e., justice. The insufficiency of the westernized church system's apostolic teaching ministry has contributed greatly to America's cultural breakdown, a recovery not of the old normal necessarily, but a renewal of spiritual and moral truth is possible. Such a rejuvenation is critical to our personal and domestic well-being. Despite the recent national election fiasco and the rapid emergence of the arch-leftist government and its reckless fascist policies, all is not lost. Not yet. There's still hope. A historical, prophetic, faith restoration phenomenon is growing, which will bring forth a much-needed spiritual and moral renewal to Americans, starting with a remnant in the body of Messiah and extending into the nation. Navigating today's turbulence and Torah and Glory School are in place to assist the spiritual awakening that, in fact, is drawing growing numbers of believers closer to Messiah Yeshua and his teaching. This is the essential need of all mankind, is it not? It most certainly is. But unfortunately, most professing Christians seem disinterested and are not discerning the leading of the Holy Spirit, nor are they open to his full ministry. Instead, believers and non-believers alike are pursuing and listening to a myriad of conflicting, often misleading voices spouting their propaganda, deceptions, and false teaching. And public confusion reigns. Fundamentally, only one voice is needed, my friends, that of Yahweh. If you want a prophetic word, my friends, Turn off the TV, stay at home. You probably don't need constant doses of platform ministry anyway. And open the Bible. Read prayerfully and listen. The Spirit of Truth, your divine tutor, your primary instructor, will speak. He will direct you and teach you how to understand His Word and apply its prophetic Torah-inclusive truth to your life and world vision. It is written, Who among you will give ear, that is, cease from being deaf? Who will attend and listen for the time to come, and thereby prosper? See Isaiah 42:23. Blindness, in part, had come to Israel, and the nation was warned concerning its debauchery. It's the same with the USA today. Yes, troubles abound in our besieged constitutional republic, but the prospect of revival and beneficial reform for the ecclesia, that is the church, and a restoration for the American republic has been set before us. The pathway to triumph is clearly revealed within Holy Scripture. So there's room for confidence and gladness amidst the culture's upheaval. Even though each day brings forth another flood of disturbing news, the possibility 
of a great spiritual awakening is not out of reach. Again, not yet. But we do have a burgeoning, multifaceted problem to overcome, a destructive adversary that for generations has, number one, fragmented and compromised our traditional religion, and number two, infiltrated the nation at every level as well. The imposing problem is the contagious pandemic of lawlessness. The anarchy and violent disorder we are experiencing are the predictable consequences of our nation's waywardness. This is the result of our turning away from Yahweh's once-honored kingdom instructions rooted in the Torah and cohabiting instead with unbelief, sin, and the world's evil. Lawlessness stems from pride, willfulness, lust, and self-satisfaction, the demonic components that bring forth the evil works of the flesh. Actually, lawlessness is Torahlessness. I should say, lawlessness is Torahlessness. Lawfulness, on the other hand, is righteousness. This pertains to loving his ordinances and kingdom standards and hating evil, pride, arrogance, and the evil wicked way during our short stay on earth. See Proverbs 8.13. This is the fear or reverence of the Lord. The gradual turning apart from sacred truth has made America as a whole vulnerable to spiritual wickedness and is behind our catastrophic moral implosion. And that corporate apostasy has subjected the population, you, me, family, and friends, to many destabilizing troubles and heartaches. The fallout takes many forms, including generations of immoral reprobate leadership that has risen and systematically debased all our culture-defining industries and institutions, including religion, education, and government. Multitudes have thereby been cajoled by unholy forces to the broad path of destruction as a result. But grace still abounds. On the other hand, we also have the great and accessible promises of Scripture, which put a much-needed recovery of righteousness within our crosshairs. Page two. So let's look into this existential tug of war between biblical order, that is lawfulness and justice, and the world's demonic generated disorder, which is lawlessness and iniquity. It is the life and death struggle being played out not only in the nation, but also within our mainstream biblical religious systems, and even in our families and personal lives as well. As we address the dilemma of lawlessness and its solution, keep in mind that navigating today's turbulence, along with you and me, has an important role to play in the spiritual renewal struggle I just mentioned. Team effort is a part of this campaign for renewal, you know. Think about this truth recovery scenario. Reformed saints are being called into the critical mass core of spirit-charged fervent reformers anointed to heat, combust, and sustain a Torah-inclusive, Holy Spirit-empowered, Yeshua-centered, enduring revival. Are you a charged particle? A critical mass of 
fervent friends of Messiah is needed, isn't it? Yes, it is. So again, pray daily for a third great awakening to occur throughout America. Without it, we are going over the waterfall. Understand, we are not seeking another refreshing this time around, but a revelatory truth revival, a word awakening. That is the need we face. Therefore, don't give up knocking on the door. The Almighty will respond and open it for an outpouring of His Spirit. But genuine effort, commitment, and prophetic vision are required of all of us for a restoration to manifest. Such comes forth by the grace of Yahweh. We know that. And we also know this. The bride of Messiah will be a fervent commandment keeper by choice, as are all his true friends. Compromise is our enemy. Adhering to half measures, such as inconsistent prayer, quenching the spirit, relying upon mixed truth, and overlooking the Father's instructions will not work for the restoration campaign we need, which envisions a multi-generational revival. Too much is at stake for us to continue with the same old religious platforms, which have proven, sad to say, to be ineffectual in broad-based spiritual warfare. Think about this, and look again at our declining culture and its morally deflated institutions and conflated demographics. Yes, America has become spiritually compromised, morally disordered, politically corrupted, and socially erratic. The populace in general is pessimistic over the nation's future. Listen carefully. For one thing, we the people no longer benefit from full gospel apostolic ministry, which emphasizes full compliance of believers to all applicable and doable Torah-rooted Genesis to Revelation biblical instruction. This is key. The needed reproof and rebuke ministry, though not popular, is a genuine demonstration of love, compassion, and guardianship. Apostolic teaching ministry is also integral to developing godly character and sanctification. However, holiness teaching has become downplayed by church systems at large and lies defunct. The full spread of godly instruction, all Torah-rooted biblical truth, must be recovered for the restoration of Ecclesia's spiritual stability. Feel-good preaching, which usually avoids confrontation and correction, uses scripture to promote self-actualization and self-fulfillment teachings for today's churchgoers. It's no wonder lukewarmness, lovelessness, and humanism leaven the culture. These pursuits do not align with the gospel's portrayal of true discipleship. Sadly, this is the norm now for postmodern Western Christianity. Further, the apostolic mandate referenced by Apostle Paul in Romans, which stresses teaching all converts, naming Yeshua as Savior, the importance of obedience to Yahweh's holy word, this is not emphasized in the institutional church systems. There, the word of God is often parsed and compromised. And this is at the heart of Ecclesia's ignorance and backsliding. See Matthew 28, Romans 1 and 16. Hence, we have the Hebrew Heritage Truth Movement. It has several titles thrown to us as a lifesaver for those saints who realize they are caught up in a spiritual undertow, so to speak, 
pulling them further away from their spiritual heritage and identity, but who want to make it back to reliable, Torah-based, solid spiritual footing. The Hebraic return and recovery phenomenon is a valid prophetic blessing led by the Spirit of Elohim. I think it is grace in action. He is bringing us to the wonderful state of friendship fellowship with the King of glory. How good is that? Brethren, the current Hebrew heritage recovery phenomenon, you can refer to it as the Hebraic Roots Movement if you want, is undeniably valid and productive in my estimation, but you can decide for yourselves. It is uncovering and illuminating important biblical truth and providing prophetic vision and contributing spiritual navigation direction for the journey of Reformed saints who are being drawn back to their spiritual heritage. These are rich blessings, and I'll mention three more for the fun of it. Number one, despite the unfounded criticism it endures, the HRM emboldens our return to the Father's house and to his sacred instructions and promises. This alone is a great benefit. Number two, the Roots Reformation shift encourages faith renewal. It encourages our re-education commitment and our Torah-inclusive Hebraic-oriented discipleship. These blessings will continue to enlarge in the seeker's life. And number three, returning to the ancient pathways of the early ecclesia quickens our awakening to the restoration of the whole house of Israel with which disciples, you and I included, have a role. This is a prophetic advancement. Navigating today's turbulence concludes. The HRM is actually a continuation of the Reformation and is also helping believers, that's us again, to recognize and refute false teaching, to understand our biblical identity in Messiah and conform to his words, and to continue on the narrow road of salvation, faith to eternal life. Therefore, I aver that Jude 1.3, the exhortation to contend for the original Pentecostal Nazarene faith once delivered to the saints, is an apostolic undertaking. And its visionary leaders are indeed servants of Messiah and also of his sheep. Let's take a closer look at this. The important purpose of New Testament apostolic leadership, which is reestablishing biblical law and order, is pictured in the Torah. We see it, for instance, in Parsha Emor of Leviticus. The word is spelled E-M-O-R. At the beginning of the Parsha, we find written, quote, And the Lord said to Moses, or the Lord said unto Moses, Speak. In Hebrew, that word speak is Emor. So Moses is actually commanded to Emor, or to, quote, Speak unto the priests, the sons of Aaron, and say unto them, There shall none be defiled. Leviticus 21.1 The Parsha provides excellent insight concerning what the Torah teaches about establishing believers, servants, and leaders for strong, effective, and fruitful teaching ministry. In the Parsha, Moses' attention is directed by Yahweh to the priests of Israel. He is commanded to speak strongly, or emor, and clearly say to Aaron and his sons, the priests of Israel, 
appropriate words concerning various important matters of life, service, and Sabbath, and feasts, and so on. These leaders had to be addressed clearly, for the priests were expected to be blameless and live exemplary lives, and there were to be no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Here's the point that Parsha Emor sets forth. Remember, the word Emor means to speak or to say clearly and with the disposition of sober authority. In the Parsha, Moses was ordered by Yahweh to speak to Aaron and his sons, the priests, in such a manner and temperament that they would fully understand the seriousness and ramifications of Moses' instructions concerning their priestly calling and communal responsibilities. This would assure Israel's complete success and prosperity in the promised land that they would soon enter, conquer, and develop. The priests were to realize, to fully comprehend, that their job was not merely to inform the people of Yahweh's commandments and expectations of them. The priests were to speak or to emor themselves following Moses' example and manner of instructing. They were to speak and model his words in a no-nonsense way also, with a tone of seriousness accompanied by excellent behavior that would capture the Israelites' attention and respect. By hearing their clear and authoritative speaking and observing the priests' faith and holy conduct, the people of Israel would then quickly comprehend the gravity of Yahweh's covenant, take his instructions and assurances to heart, and fall into line with the truth that Moses and the priests spoke, or emored. In this way, Parsha Emor emphasizes the heart of the apostolic mandate referenced by Apostle Paul and followed by the other original apostles. All were spirit-baptized and Torah-compliant, conforming to all its pertinent instructions and traditions. The apostolic teaching mandate was that for which Paul received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, that is, Yeshua's name, Romans 1.5. Paul understood obedience to divine truth is true worship, and such honors and glorifies the risen Son. Hence, Paul's burden and goal among the people and nations, all of them he visited, was to preach the gospel and bring about from them the obedience to the faith he taught. Obedience to truth is always required, and it is always blessed by a transformation of life. This was Paul's hope for all converts, to become true disciples and friends of Messiah. Yeshua himself instructed his apostles and loyal followers in Matthew 28, saying, quote, Make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything, I have communicated to you. Keep in mind, Yeshua did not come to abolish the Torah. His communications, his words, his commandments and behavior span the scriptures from Genesis through Revelation. And all of them are completely supportive of the Torah and the prophets. No contradiction. The obedience I am talking of is an obedience of choice that flows from love thankfulness, and ongoing faith. So, Paul's apostleship was not simply to gain converts for the Messiah, but to make disciples of them 
and thereby bring about transformed lives that would faithfully conform to Yahweh's instructions and to glorify Yeshua. But this splendid apostolic ministry and its fervor for righteousness has faded and is definitely not being widely practiced today. Christian obedience to divine law is considered legalism in most churches. The Torah is considered abolished. This is because believers have misunderstood the Pauline epistles, I believe. The Sabbath is now Sunday, we are told. Boy, is that ever wrong. Our navigating today's turbulence conclusion, Martin Luther's Reformation is unfinished. The Hebraic Reformation has come just in time. Let's evaluate the current evangelical effort to put the church system in order. While I proceed, please keep in mind that I am certainly not interested in criticizing, judging, or bashing anyone or any group or their particular faith or ideology. These I will address according to their beliefs, practices, and merits when necessary. But my responsibility is to present my topical and biblical viewpoints and let others evaluate them and decide for themselves what to believe. My guardianship burden is to see the restoration of biblical law and order, which were established by the grace of Yahweh from the beginning, functioning in Yeshua's congregation. It's a good thing that is badly needed. If the existing wineskins will not comply, there will be an exodus of those who will. This recovery of biblical truth and practice that is welling up now is not legalism or religiosity. Far from it. It is the work of true faith, of compassion, and love for Yahweh's people. So thank you for understanding. Now let's proceed. The new apostolic reformation is a big deal today. It's a movement that's impacting many evangelical, charismatic, and prophetic-type church systems, but it does not major in the key apostolic function we've just discussed. Restricted by its vast institutional connections, beliefs, and traditions, it is not able to do so. The NAR will continue to function, but within the existing and familiar operations of the denominational wineskins, most likely. First, it is not new. See Ecclesiastes 1.9. Secondly, it is not truly apostolic in its vision. It rejects Torah relevance for today, the true Sabbath, and the Moedim as essential in worship, for example. Further, it is not restoring Torah-rooted biblical law and order or the full extent of Hebraic-oriented discipleship in the body of Messiah. And the NAR is not at all focused upon contending for the original Nazarene faith and guarding it as we have been instructed to do. In fact, it is popish, and some would also say Nicolaitan or authoritative in power and in nature. Therefore, as it stands, the NAR is not truly apostolic or reformative. That is my opinion, but you should think these things through for yourself. Not all ministers today are discerning or current with Yahweh's prophetic work. In fact, many of today's fivefold ministries are actually out of step with Yahweh's apostolic revelation. The Hebraic 
apostolic reformation is our answer to the broad-based need of restoration for the westernized body of Messiah. Again, Parsha Imor, among other things, teaches us that Yeshua's spirit-born royal priesthood, his servant leaders of New Testament Israel, that's us, would do well to also teach and model the whole truth of Holy Scripture in a serious and clear, sober manner that emulates Moses and the priests of early Israel. By this early Torah-rooted standard, the ecclesia would more readily fall into the Holy Spirit's cadence and follow Yeshua's words and ways with ongoing faith and endurance. We, as his commandment-keeping friends, would then be far better educated, much stronger, spiritually renewed and properly equipped, and fully prepared to meet the extreme challenges of the coming transhumanist era looming on the horizon. The old normal is gone, my friends. People are wobbling as their values and ethos erode under the assault of globalism, while domestic spiritual and moral stability becomes a rare commodity. Therefore, the sanctioned ministry temperament and teaching fortitude revealed in Parsha Emor and practiced by the early priesthood is as much our responsibility today to practice as it was for Moses, Aaron, his sons, and their lineage of long ago. The failure of the New Testament royal priesthood to emulate the priestly faith standard of Israel in the wilderness has resulted in terrible social and religious instability in our spiritually exposed, vulnerable country, over which we are called to be stewards. We have witnessed the steady demise over the years. Let's confess our shortcomings and sins, repent and alter our course to fully comply with his will. This is our only hope for recovery, for Yahweh to stretch out his strong right hand and heal the land. Let's face it, saints. We servant leaders of Yeshua have not properly equipped his sheep, and we are not calling from the converts and congregations disciples to train as we were commanded. We have declined to speak strongly and say clearly, that is to Emor, the full Torah-rooted, Messiah-centered, Genesis to Revelation, word of Elohim, in such a way that listeners would clearly understand, appreciate, respect, and obey Yahweh's applicable commandments and follow Yeshua. Yes, we know some of the Torah has been suspended until the millennium, but much remains that is applicable, relevant, and doable, and profitable. Let's take his yoke upon ourselves and thereby prosper in our settings. The apostolic mandate must be reinstated to undergird the recovery process. The outcome of our failure to practice this effective apostolic ministry of Paul is that committed, love-inspired obedience to Yahweh's applicable commandments will remain disregarded and considered passé, and lukewarm faith will spread like a pandemic. Spiritual salt and light will lose whatever power and light they have left, and society will go on suffering and declining. And what's more, Intimate friendship fellowship with Yeshua will not become as experienced and common as it should be by all believers. We are in a downward spiral still. Again, my friends, a spiritual awakening is needed. Actually, its groundwork has been already laid. 
I repeat, a truth revival is here now in the form of the Hebraic Heritage Awakening. Call it the Hebrew Roots Movement if you want. The fact remains, the migration of believers to the early Book of Acts Pentecostal faith, which did not reject the Torah or the miraculous ministry of the Holy Spirit, but walked out Yeshua's teaching, is a divinely ordered phenomenon. It has been developing for about 24 years and going on right underneath our noses. In conclusion, I affirm that all believers need to accurately discern Yahweh's prophetic purpose concerning his manifest grace and work in this hour and pray for a spiritual awakening. Second Chronicles 7.14 instructions, they are still the key for the personal and domestic recovery we must have to survive as a constitutional republic. We are already living under expanding government oppression. An awakening to his truth, all of it, and conforming to it, whether or not it fits our life paradigm, is the solution to pushing back the flood of lawlessness and regaining freedom. It's what we want. The refreshing movement of the spirit, such as what we experienced in the 90s, was uplifting and it blessed many saints. I know I was part of it. Nevertheless, a repeat of that will not meet the dire need of this new period, the new global normal into which we have entered. A truth awakening, a truth refreshing, a truth foundation rebuilt upon Yeshua's words. This is the requirement for reformation. And fortunately, that requirement is being met as I have pointed out. What do you think? Believers are being aroused by the grace of the Almighty, who is providing the groundwork for a truth enlightenment which encompasses the whole spread of Scripture and thus returns believers back to the full word and life of Yahweh. Again, it is the awakening to and the recovery of that which is most needed by the ecclesia, by the church, by the nation by all of us. Still, the Bible's sacred instructions, those covenant ordinances and standards honored by the original apostolic followers of Messiah have become a spiritual smorgasbord to many people in the West today. In America, a multitude of professing pew-sitters and ministers live a choose-what-you-like-in-the-Bible-and-ignore-the-rest type of faith. By this deceived mentality, we have made America into a playing field and opened it up to demonic hordes of every rank and file, and they have come in droves. Watchmen have sounded prophetic alarms, but with very slight results. The salt and light of which I spoke, the same spoken of by Messiah in Matthew's gospel, has been trampled and obscured. So now, True divine wisdom is scarce among people as enlightenment retreats. The lamentable result is clearly seen. The unrepentant population and its leadership, much of it anyway, has been given over to a reprobate mindset. That means God has given them up to mental disorder and to their sin and debauchery. In a word, to discombobulation. That's right. This is how values, ethics, morals, and biblical standards in our case get turned upside down 
and the nation becomes radicalized and overtaken by infernally driven Luciferians and their political and industrial puppets. Sin has not been shamed by the culture and is not being shamed, but promoted. Consciences have become seared, hearts are hardened, love grows cold, salvation faith turns lukewarm in believers, wisdom evaporates, sociopathic mentalities enlarge, and madness and lawlessness settle upon those who deny Yahweh's word and authority, but exchange his truth for a lie and instead cohabit with sin and idolatry. And so it goes. Does this broad stroke summary sound familiar? It should. It belongs by and large to America and reveals a generational decline that continues. Rather than face the harsh realities, repent, and respond proactively, there are still those who say, speak only positive things to us, not disturbing and negative things, not obedience and sanctification things. It's all too hard. Make us happy. I say to them, look into Romans 1. That chapter explains the craziness that abounds and why it does. Nevertheless, good things, even amidst the communist coup underway in the nation, positive things can yet occur. Here's one positive thing we can expect. By Yahweh's grace, the awakened and restored commandment-keeping body of Messiah regardless of social conditions, will end up revived, rising, empowered, and awakened by the Holy Spirit and step into her, her ordained spiritual stature to confront victoriously the anti-Messiah challenges that lie ahead in America. And Yeshua will be glorified, and that is what we want. Ponder these things, determine your position, decide how you plan to respond, and email me at hutchchurchmsn.com. Remember, you are chosen, blessed, anointed, and being prepared for a great fruit-bearing service in his kingdom. So praise the Holy One of Israel, our Creator and Redeemer, each day. This concludes Podcast 1. Podcast 2 is next. I will meet you there. I say to you, Tamid Kadima, always forward. That is our slogan. And you can make it yours as well. Shalom.